Republicans who voted to remove Kevin McCarthy from speakership are willing now to accept censure, suspension, or removal from the conference if the moderates vote for Jim Jordan as speaker. Political analyst Trevor Loudon talks about the big picture for Republicans and the global tyranny that is behind the Middle East war. And then the student protest in support of Hamas terror has shocked millions. What is behind this global uprising in support of terror? Uh, with the next GOP debate in Miami, Vivek Ramaswamy says he may not attend, taking another page out of the Trump playbook. Many conservatives felt Trump needed to speak out against the vaccines and Operation Warp Speed. Where do Trump and the GOP go from here? A great panel discussion with Dr. Rennie Moon, Dr. Robert Lowry, Dr. Stephen Latula. It's all next on Viewpoint This Sunday. the lies and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about real news providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour this is viewpoint this sunday welcome to the weekend news magazine viewpoint this sunday it is malcolm out loud here I'm going to start with the speaker race, uh, my fellow Americans, and talk about what is developing there. Get into a little bit of the psychology there as well, uh, as there's some interesting developments in the last day or so in that speaker race. And so let's start off here with uh, our dear friend Trevor Loudon is here. And Trevor is a, a, an analyst, author, speaker, filmmaker, political commentator, and uh, well, gets into a lot of the psychology like I do in a lot of these stories. Uh, he's uh, got some terrific books out there. Uh, you can find those in the America Out Loud bookstore as well, trevorloudon.com. Trevor, privileged to have you here always, my friend, on Viewpoint this Sunday. And so Matt Gates uh, and the eight Republicans who voted to remove McCarthy from the speakership, they say now, they put this out in media, that they are willing to accept censure suspension or removal from the conference in order to elect at Jim Jordan's. They tagged uh, Jim in the uh, post here. And it goes on to say, if the holdouts who refuse to vote for Speaker-designate Jim Jordan would be willing to vote with the team and elect him the 56th House Speaker, we are prepared to accept censure, suspension, or removal from the conference to accomplish this objective. Uh, so that was kind of explosive. What do you make of that with these eight? Well, that's that's calling the bluff, isn't it? You know the uh, <laughs> the reason given uh, that, that you know that these uh, these people are holding out is that well, Matt Gates and his friends need to be punished. You know they need to be punished for what they did and. And giving McCarthy such a hard time, and sorry, and then, and then removing McCarthy. So, well, Matt says, well, let's, well, we'll take the punishment, but our objective is we'll make the sacrifice in order to get McCarthy to get uh, 
Jim Jordan into their p- position. So it is really it is really quite a stunt. It's calling. Well, it is. Now they also went on in that letter a little bit later on, by the way, and, and said and they were. It was very carefully worded, very very clearly, and it said here we stand by our actions. So they made sure that they weren't, you know, totally on their knees, like forgive us, forgive us. We should have never done it. Uh, but they, this was pretty striking move for them to put that out there. Here's the question: Will they? Will they bite it? Will the moderates or the others who are complaining about this and uh, talking about it will they will they bite on this you think or do they will they look at this as a pr stunt and just blow it away i i think they'll look at it as a pr stunt and blow it away because really yeah. you know what they're protecting is their turf they're protecting their way of doing things they're protecting their little fiefdoms and and a new speaker would interrupt that would would cause them big problems so yeah. i think this is a self-serving uh, self-serving thing on their part, a bit of spite, a bit of uh, protecting their own turf. And I don't think they will bite with this, but it's still a, a nice gesture, still a yeah, nice... Yeah, yeah. Still well, a you have a great move. point. I, I can't... Uh, I, I don't think I could even push back on that. You're probably right on point with it, but of course, we'll see. Uh, maybe a miracle will happen there. Now, Jim Jordan, let's, let's talk about this a moment. Uh, first of all, Jim Jordan is one of the most well-loved. Well, let me just say this. Frankly, uh, after what happened to McCarthy, uh, Steve Scalise, uh, a fine gentleman, a a good conservative, Jim Jordan, known as a good... Both of them are well, well well-respected. I mean, really well-respected. These guys are are just well-loved from Republicans in general and surely with uh, the, the folks there in the House. So you had the best of the best there running, and they couldn't even get those through. Uh, Jim Jordan, as many felt, was, I mean, that was uh, destiny uh, for him to be speaker. It's not something he ever was looking for, which is kind of what you want in a guy. It's different than McCarthy, who said he was, uh, you know, working for it all his life. Jim Jordan didn't even cross his mind, I don't think. But he thought when the leadership needed it, we'll do it. And he did it. I think the Republicans have blown an enormous opportunity here to get a real conservative in the speakership. Uh, you agree with that? Well, well, I, I think they've. Yeah, yeah. Jim Jordan is the kind of guy you'd want because he's a bit like George Washington. He didn't want to do it, but he did it. You know, for he didn't want to be president, but he did it for the sake of the country. They wanted to make him king, and he returned. And he turned it down, but. Um, yeah, look, look, I can't see anybody else on the horizon that's going to have the gravitas that Jim Jordan would have. It was only really Scalise or Jordan, and Jordan's clearly the most popular. So what what are these guys eight trying to prove? Um, because there is no one else that we can see that would unite the factions as well as Jim Jordan that that's would. True. He's true. He's popular across all factions, but clearly... They're a group of Republicans who don't want their little empire upset and 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 want to hold out. So I don't quite know what they're angling for, but um, hopefully they will will see sense on this. Yeah. Now, uh, back to your point just there, there are some people who don't care for him, and that would be Nancy Pelosi. Uh, as I recall, uh, she came out and called him an insurrectionist and had a few choice words to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, which really fired me up on the uh, the daily broadcast uh, because uh, 
Wow. I want to talk to you a moment here and I, uh, about the psychology here. And, and let me just real briefly explain, then let you take it here. You know, I talked to listeners in the last day or two about this, but the psychology with the Democrats and the Republicans in the House is totally different. Nancy Pelosi and even Jeffries, they're able to get the left to walk in lockstep. They march with orders. Uh, it's a cult of the party. And they even picked their presidential campaign candidates, the DNC. Uh, they've tossed Bernie out a couple of times, even though he was the clear winner in both the last general elections. Uh, they have total, total control and grip on that, just like a communist regime would have, uh, is the DNC. The Republicans, while we love diversity in America and we love diversity in all people and diversity in the party, they can't seem to come together as a team or rally people, even when it counts and when it matters, which is right now with the speakership. The psychology in these two parties is significant, really, if you think about it. Uh, talk about that a moment. What, why is such uh, why why are the Republicans so bent on destroying themselves? I mean, I see some positive things about it, Trevor, but at the end of the day, you have to know, as, as I was telling listeners, as my mom would always say, you got to know enough to come out of the rain at some point, you know? Yeah, well, see, the Democratic Party follows what the communists would call democratic centralism and that the party makes a choice and everybody must conform. That That is a central tenet of Marxism-Leninism. You know, the Communist Party, they will have debates amongst themselves. They'll come up with a policy, but everybody must follow. Whether you agree with the policy or not, you, you've got to accept the decision. The Republican Party doesn't have that, which is both its strength and its weakness. Um, you know, it's a strength in that we want new ideas coming forward. We want, um, we don't want to be walking in lockstep but it's also a weakness when you're battling a centralized uh, monolithic enemy that they will exploit your weaknesses, they'll exploit your differences as they're doing now. And and um, what I think the key thing is not all Republicans are Republicans. You know, you've got a, you've got a, a, a some Republicans who are basically Democrats in drag. You've got others who really just put their own. Um, comfort their own position before anything else and others who just don't see the urgency they don't see the dire straits this country's in so they are they are the problem right here this is a time where jim jordan has a record of attacking the enemy and unifying the party yeah so jim jordan is the logical choice here and i if these guys think they're going to achieve anything by holding out you know, I'm all, I'm all, you know I, when, the, when the 20 were holding out against McCarthy, I was all for them, believe me. But this is this is an action. Having Jim Jordan would be a, a conservative move, would be a unifying move. So they're not doing this out of a matter of principle. They're doing it out of spite or to protect their patch. Yeah. Neither of them are, are suitable for the situation right now. Yeah, it's a perfect analysis, just absolutely perfect. And your uh, description of uh, uh, how the communists operate, I hope people really got out of that. Uh, to really understand, just play back what Trevor said there, you'll all understand exactly the psychology on this. He summed it up pretty super well there. Let's move on to the Middle East now, Trevor. And uh, I, I want to, all right, I want to start with the, uh, Probably the way most people would end a conversation about the Middle East is where I want to start, actually. I want to get right to the point, and it's this, my friend. Here it is here. 
you have Hamas in the south, you have Hezbollah in the north, you have the surrounding of this multi-front uh, uh, deal that uh, Israel is uh, struggling with. They've seen this coming for a long time. They knew. They know Hezbollah is a lot different today than it was 10 years ago uh, when they previously fought. I mean, they know all this. Now, all right. The head of the snake is definitely the Ayatollahs in Iran. They give like a billion dollars to Hamas and almost a billion to Hezbollah. They supply all the equipment, all the stuff, all the know-how, all the whatever. It is the Ayatollahs there. This uh, form of uh, jihads, uh, this is uh, clear what's going on here. Everybody knows it. Nobody wants to talk about it in the light of day, but we all know what's happening. Now, what happens with our political elite and people around the world, Trevor, and I speak to experts on this all the time, this is not the kind of subject matter you can just kick the road down, uh, the kick the can down the road like they do budgets. These are people who want to kill you, period, end stop right there. And they prove it as they did just here, and they prove it all over the world. Now, everybody's humanity is ignoring this right now. We know what we're talking about here. The, the only answer to this problem I want to ask you is what? Well, to me... It's to do pinpoint accuracy. And if you don't take out the head of the snake, you're wasting your time because they have more terrorist groups around the world and they'll just propagate more and more. The Ayatollahs in Iran is where you've got to go initially and even more than that. What do you say to the core of the problem here? Well, the core of the problem is definitely, definitely is not Hamas. Hamas is a puppet of Iran, but we also... And I'll go. I think the head of the snake is even beyond Iran. The head of the snake is Russia. Russia, you know, talk to me. Russia, you know, Hamas has been to Russia three times this year. They they say that Russia is sympathizing with them. Russia is openly talking about coordinating Middle East policy with the Chinese. You know, this is this was ordered, in my opinion, by Russia to take pressure off Ukraine. Interesting. They are, they are really suffering in Ukraine. Ukraine is kicking their butts on the ground. They're in danger of collapse. The big problem is they've got to get American support um, for Ukraine cancelled. You know, and and I got to it's got to say, American support is has greatly exaggerated. Biden is slow walking everything he possibly can. Mm -hmm. And just like Biden's speech the other night, he came out and he named Iran as a key player in this Hamas thing, which was which was good. But he didn't go further and say that really Russia is behind Iran. Iran would do nothing without Russia's OK. Hamas would do nothing without Russia's OK as well. So the head of the snake here is Russia. And... Um, well, you know, Ukraine was the first. Let me ask you something about Russia. Yeah. Let me jump in here a moment. Here, it, well, so, the psychology of everything you're saying, I understand. There were meetings out there in Russia. You, you, that is correct. I totally agree with that. And with Putin. Now, here's the thing. What is ironic? And let's point out something, Trevor. I mean, I think we both. I, I, I think you might agree that. Enemies use enemies all the time. Russia and jihadis are not real. There's no friendship there whatsoever. They're the enemies of uh, any kind of Christianity, which is all over Russia. And Russia itself, they're just the convenient idiots right now that Putin would use. I love your point of deflection of the war. That makes perfect sense because they needed that out there and they got it. But they're not entirely like blood brothers over there. I mean, they're enemies, well, but they're, is well, that correct? No, 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 they're not enemies. You know, Russia has always sponsored Islamic terrorism and still continues to do so. We did a movie, um, Soviet Islam, 
you know, the Palestine Liberation Organization, Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, okay. Hamas are all Rux Russian proxies, always have been. Well, you opened my eyes then to that because nobody is talking about what you're talking about. And now I get the psychology involved here. But what about all the Christianity throughout Russia? Well, Christianity at Russia is, throughout Russia is largely a propaganda exercise by the Russian security services. You know, the Russian Orthodox Church is completely controlled by the KGB. Six percent of Russians go to church every week. Hmm. Um, and that's only to the Orthodox Church, because if you're a Baptist or a Jehovah's Witness or a Seventh-day Adventist or an Evangelical, you cannot, you can only practice in your church. You cannot bring your children up in the faith and you cannot proselytize outside your church. The idea of a Christian Russia is basically uh, for the consumption of American conservatives and Christians to neutralize their opposition to Russia. It's 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 really a fiction, unfortunately. Wow. Wow. Well you you you've really this is very fascinating. And um uh, and I, I, I'm connecting dots in my mind as you're talking with Russia and Putin and it does make a lot of sense what you're speaking about. But I never looked at them, I looked at always them more as enemies, but unless you get into the core of what you just said, I guess you wouldn't really detect that, but you're saying you've studied this pretty pretty hard, and you look like Litvinenko, you know the 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 Rush, former Russian spy who was poisoned by thallium in London in the uh, early two thousands. His big crime was pointing out that the head of Al Qaeda or the number two in Al Qaeda was being trained by the Soviet intelligence services in Afghanistan and in, in, in Dagestan. The, the Islamic terrorism is a Russian and Chinese phenomenon. You well, know, the, Tal the Taliban were heavily supported by the Russians and the Chinese. Right. right. Um, this is this is. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you about China. Now, China has made a lot of inroads in the Middle East, big time, as there's been an absence of American leadership uh, for sure, and they surely were happy to fill that vacuum. But you know what's ironic now? Yeah, think now laying out everything you just shared. You know, this is how stupid our political leaders are. We're in there doing the dirty work to fight and trying to sweep up, clean up, what have you. In the meantime, China and Russia are sitting back right now watching all this, laughing their asses off, I'm sure, with what's yep. transpiring in the Middle East. And it's a complete victory for both of them. Is that is that properly stated or not? Well, it's a huge advantage to both of them. It takes focus off them. It, it ties the Americans up. It ties... Um, you know, ties, you know, diverts Europe's attention away from Ukraine. It, uh, it diverts attention away from what China's doing in Taiwan and what Rocket Boy's doing in, in North Korea, you know. But th this is um, all of these, the, you know, Ukraine was the first front. This is the second front, you know. What is going to be the third front? Mm, is it going to be within America? Is it going to be the far? Going to be uh, China attacking into the Pacific? You know, this this is really what they're trying to do here. Is is World War Three? They're trying to weaken and divide America and its allies. They've got a very weak president in the United States right now, who's basically their man. And so they're doing, they're just creating chaos around Well, if the that's world. the case now, they have a short window here. You, they've got about yes. a, a, a what you, if, you, if everything's correct, what you just explained, and I've thought about this, they've got a very short window right now in the next many months, because over the next year, all bets are off. What do you say to that? 
You know, 100%. You know, they, they are terrified of a Trump or a DeSantis or some American patriot who comes into the White House, starts dismantling the deep state, which is basically a Russian-Chinese operation. That's what we've got to understand what the deep state is. It's yeah. not just bureaucrats. These are people working for Iran, Russia, and China that we're talking about. And so they they understand, you know, look, they look at Trump's numbers. They look at, uh, you know, even if Trump goes out, DeSantis is there waiting in the wings. And both of them would be a lot tougher in foreign policy uh, than, than Biden. Biden's their man. So they're going to make hay while the sun shines. They're doing everything they can to destabilize us, destabilize the world, um, divide our alliances while they have the opportunity. That'd be stupid not to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, this, this was fascinating. You know, we'll come back uh, and circle around uh, just ahead in the future. You, you've got me thinking a lot here about this and uh, definitely want to talk to you more on it. If I want to take some time now and I... Been dying to get to this story with you. When I seen this, oh yeah, this past week, I thought of you immediately. I said, oh man, Trevor and I got to talk about this. And this is pretty big news. Um, New Zealand, uh, wow, they had their elections, and uh, well, as the headlines say, they uh, they punished the ruling party. And I thought, wow, see that there, God is working in mysterious ways. <laughs> and uh, so, what happened is the Labour Party uh, has uh, had conceded because they they lost their pants there in this. And of course, remember that uh, the uh, predecessor right now it's uh, Chris Hipkins, but the predecessor was Jacinda Ardern, of course, who resigned, which surprised everybody back then. Do you think Jacinda seen this coming and she bailed the ship oh, and jumped out? Hundred percent. She she saw she was <laughs> going to get absolutely slaughtered, right. and she wanted to preserve her legacy. She's. She's now at Harvard. She's going to be an international bureaucrat, you know, a voice for tolerance and all this kind of garbage. Um, just like her predecessor and and, pro and mentor, Helen Clark, wow. were, um, former prime minister of New Zealand, become number three in the United Nations. Yeah. You've got, you got to understand with New Zealand, now, Helen Clark was a Maoist communist. Yeah. Jacinda Ardern was a democratic socialist, Marxist, a protege of Helen Clark. And Chris Hipkins was also had a Maoist background, so so we had we've had communism in, in New Zealand for the last three years. You know, it was exhibited through the COVID. They completely followed the Chinese Communist Party line on lockdowns, vaccines, mandates, all this kind of thing, and and did very divisive racial policies and basically wrecked the economy. Yeah. And now they get they got something like twenty six percent. This is the this is like the Democratic Party getting getting thirty percent in the next election. Yeah, you know this was a slaughter. So with with New Zealand being an example, then let, let's just touch a moment here on this last big point here that um, you know, and we see with the elections here what's happening. We see other things around the world. Obviously, a lot of these countries that were free thinking people are being pushed into this globalist unit. New Zealand is kicking back. The people are. We're starting to, I guess, and, and I don't want to say this too to be smug, but I'm hoping, praying that the people everywhere are rising and paying attention to this globalist takeover of what's happening to come to, a, again, a, a Maoist Marxist future. But uh, this is significant, what took place in New Zealand. Do you see any kind of a trend here? Do you see uh, any kind of optimism here? Do you feel anything, any sense of anything here that can in, impact the world, I'm asking you, Trevor? 
Oh, look, 100%. You know, like in New Zealand now, they've on the back of the vaccine mandates, mm-hmm. there's a group there called Voices for Freedom, which has over 120,000 members. Yeah. So so what you're seeing is a all around the world, you're seeing the, the grassroots rise up against the globalists, the communists. The, the, look, sometimes you have to almost lose something before you appreciate it. And now millions of Americans and Canadians and Brits and Australians and French and Germans and, you know, Sri Lankans and whatever are finally waking up to the fact that we're heading into a a period of global tyranny unless we wake up real soon. So we're seeing this pushback all over the place. And that's why Americans shouldn't be losing heart here, you know, and thinking, oh, elections are hopeless, whatever. New Zealand has the same problems America does, but New Zealand resoundingly threw out the communists, resoundingly. And so if they can do it in New Zealand, which is way more socialist than America, um, you know, you can can do it elsewhere as well. And, and, uh, yeah, I think this is the harbinger of, of things to come, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That is uh, wow. global tyranny. Uh, those words are striking with me right now because that's really what we're dealing with here. Uh, and it's the fight of a lifetime uh, with this generation to push back on this uh, tsunami of, 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 of oppressive uh, political behavior from these um, uh, culprits. And they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. But again, this is how you pull down a a, a paradise like America, actually, who is the, the crown jewel in this whole story. Uh, and uh, Trevor, you put it out there perfectly. Lot, we, we've got a lot more to discuss in the future here. I, You know, I just love talking to you, man. You just uh, bring so much uh, to the conversation. Uh, we could talk for hours. Uh, thank you for getting us rolling here on Viewpoint this Sunday, my friend. Uh, always a pleasure, Malcolm. It's, um, you know, we, we, we're just lacking debate. We're lacking courageous leaders, but it, it's just great to be on a show that's, um, that, yeah, you know, that, that we can really get into the meat. That's because exactly too right. much is too, too much is too superficial. Yeah, absolutely here. Okay, uh, my fellow Americans, now you can see why I just uh, love Trevor Loudon there, without a doubt here, and uh, what he stands for, trevorloudon.com. Support him and his movement, his books. Uh, that uh, last one, Their House on Americans, is excellent. He's got a whole series of them, his films. Uh, he, you know, a, what can you say? He's a patriot and uh, he understands freedom. What uh, liberty, well, our mantra here, liberty and justice for all. And it's what we're about here. And now uh, we've got, uh, well, first of all, let me drive you back to americaoutloud.news. Help us share the out loud truth, please. Get it out there around the world. We are fighting hard on the front lines here for liberty and justice with our esteemed experts that uh, come to us from all over the world here. Remember to visit americaoutloud.shop. We have all those uh, negotiated pricing in there of all the great products. You hear all the doctors, the medical doctors, the naturopathic doctors, and the nurses talking about in all of our platform. If you're suffering with vaccine injuries or uh, you have long COVID problems, a lot of people do, or just want a better health, which we all should want, that's the place to go and get the best pricing for you. Now, I have a very fascinating panel discussion coming up now that you will definitely want to hear. It's going to be quite fiery, I am certain. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire.
Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining the broadcast, and, and again, our, our audience worldwide. Uh, thank you for being here and uh, part of our getting the truth out, uh, the out loud truth. And we're going to do a lot of that next. I love these segments, these wonderful panel discussions where we're able to bring together uh, just terrific voices as we take on a, a series of topics. So you're going to enjoy this. And uh, let me introduce you here to uh, Dr. Renata Moon is here. Rennie, we'll call it. She'll go by Rennie here. Dr. Robert Lowry, uh, Rob, and Dr. Steve Latulip. Steve, and we'll keep this very comfortable. There were interesting developments. Matt Gates and the eight Republicans who voted to remove uh, McCarthy uh, from speakership they get a load of this now. They are willing to accept censure 
suspension or removal from the conference in order to elect at Jim Jordan. That's their message that I just read to you, was put out on media. Uh, and they say, and I quote, if the holdouts who refuse to vote for speaker designate to Jim Jordan would be willing to vote with the team and elect him the 56th House Speaker, we're prepared to accept censure, suspension, or removal from the conference to accomplish this objective. Now, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise, for that matter, are good conservative voices. They are surely to the right of McCarthy. They would be in a position uh, of interest uh, to be able to make a difference there. First of all, Matt Gates's move, Rob, to get uh, Kevin McCarthy out of there, that w- it was historical, unprecedented, actually, in the way that it happened, right in the middle of a conference, in fact. Un- uh, never happened like that before. Uh, but uh, here we are. The Republicans are rudderless right now. They need to get a speaker in there. They have the pleasure of getting two great conservative voices. Uh, probably the creme de la creme there, some people would argue. Are you? Do you support Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House, number one? And what do you think of this statement with the gang of eight here coming back uh, with Matt Gates at the head there and uh, with this proposal? Oh, I love Jim Jordan. He's one of the few who I would actually say deserves to be there and actually is doing something for our country or attempting to, but obviously with the way things run up there, anybody in that position like Matt's in Green is in. They can't get anything done being that small minority. But what Gates did get rid of Matt, or sorry, not Matt, but the speaker, to now put in a a guy who's going to be on the American people's side. This is awesome. And if they want to risk taking their licks, as you say, I think they realize that's totally worth it because the way things run up there, if you're the speaker, you have so much authority. If you're the next guy down, you don't. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a equal say amongst the house members it's the speaker runs everything so if we can get jim in and the other guys are going to take their licks for a week or two they'll still be put back in place because we'll have the speaker that we need right right exactly that's a great summation right there steve steve latulip here um the speakership there are well let me just tell you this uh, yesterday on saturday uh, there were nine other people who threw their name in the hat to be speaker. You have House, uh, I'll tell you the names real quick. House Majority Whip Tom Emmer uh, out of Minnesota, Kevin Hearn out of Oklahoma, Mike Johnson out of Louisiana, Jody Arrington out of Texas, Byron Donalds out of Florida, Jack Bergman out of Michigan, Austin Scott, Georgia, Pete Sessions, Texas, Dan Muser, Pennsylvania. So there are nine other people who are willing to put their name in the hat uh, to be Speaker of the House. None of them have really highly recognizable names like a Jim Jordan or a Steve Scalise did in the Republican Party. The psychology of this, Steve, that you and I have even talked about during the week uh, with Republicans and Democrats. What is your take on this, your summation of Speaker of the House? If they don't get this done, and I mean, they're already past the point of no return. If they don't get this done in the next few days, I think all bets are off. Uh, Malcolm, you know, it's curious uh, that you say all bets are off. What do you mean by that? Because I I agree that they are unqualified or or much less qualified. What are they going to accomplish? And who is how are we ever going to get a majority when you got nine people throwing uh, their names in the the hat? You know, so my, my question is, you know, are they 
just stirring more confusion and making this seeming more chaotic so that ultimately maybe they can just get a few people to vote for their man, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. And that would be a real scary thing, of course. But I, I think anything can happen right now. You know, I we think it's an impossibility, but um when you see the dysfunction that we have right now, I truly believe anything can go. So I think that it's just well, a, a way of creating more chaos. Well, let me let me say when I say all bets are off, this is what this means, that at some point this is going to be seen as total dysfunction with the American people, Steve. And coming into and I'll tell you this and I'll tell you right now, coming into the next election, I think Americans in a lot of these local markets will hold it against the Republicans in the House and you would be talking about having more Democrats get in than you normally would based on the fact that they will run campaigns to say the Republicans can't even tie their shoelaces, let alone run a speakership just by playing back some of these tapes and recordings. It does damage to the psyche of the oh, House does. and the American people. That's what I mean. All bets are off. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. And you're absolutely right. What what we see now is uh, a very weak Republican Party. They are the majority are sold out, I believe. And um, I think that they are too eager to compromise. They've already shown the inability to have leadership. I mean, we do have the a House majority. They have not leveraged that. And I don't believe that they will. They have shown their, their cards. And we are in a pickle right now. Yeah. All right. Let me turn from here. There's a lot more to talk about. I want to turn right to the Middle East and talk to all of you about what's transpiring out there with Israel and Hamas and more so Iran. Uh, so, and, and Steve, I'll stay with you just a moment on the, uh, specifically these uprisings. The, okay. They called for a day of jihad and that was the former Hamas chief, Khalad Michel had called for that. Uh, we've seen uprisings at all the colleges uh, we've seen uprisings in the capital. We've seen in major cities all over the world in support of Hamas, the terrorist group. These college uprisings have been stunning. Some of the colleges, like even one of the central points here, is Harvard. Harvard uh, President Claudine Gay, uh, she came back and pushed against the student groups and said, we're heartbroken by the death and destruction unleashed by the attack by Hamas that targeted citizens in Israel. And to go and she would not support the student groups and all. Uh, it looks to me like this was a bridge too far, but it's widespread here, which is a product of our indoctrination of, of people. But also, Steve, probably a part of the fact that there's a lot of sympathizers that have been planted in these key positions. How do we how do we fight against this in, in the case of um, public opinion? Um, I think we need to hold them accountable. It, it, it doesn't surprise me. I don't I don't actually find it stunning uh, that we are seeing these uprisings at college campuses because they are propaganda camps. They they just push uh, the leftist agenda and uh, there's no uh, no reasoning to it. There's no common sense. Uh, it's almost like you have two parties. You have the the indoctrination camps in all at all levels of education. And then, of course, when you see the uprising like we saw at the Capitol uh, a few days ago, uh, I think a lot of those people are just being paid. I think that they they are rising mm -hmm. up. But we also have a lot of implants and we're going to see a lot more uh, insurrection talk, if you will, against goodness against Israel, against the, the Constitution, they are proceeding with what they intended to do all along. And I believe the Democrat Party is fully sold out on that. You know, we had an interesting uh, conversation up top of the broadcast. Uh, Trevor and I were talking. He thinks this is really 
very potentially the start of a World War III and China and Russia, Russia being the ones that have been supporting Hamas, he said. He said some very revealing things. Uh, Rob, let me get you in here, Robert, and uh, ask you about uh, this Middle East. Uh, talking, uh, stepping this up to 30,000 feet now, looking at Iran, the, Hamas is just a proxy, Hezbollah is just a proxy, and there's a whole bunch more proxies they have around the world. Uh, Iran is, many people would call it the head of the snake, okay? But Trevor's saying, actually, Russia's calling a lot of the shots as well. This was a great deflection campaign for them. China's involved. They're sitting back now reaping the benefits of this. Uh, what do you, without addressing the bigger problem, uh, Rob, and just dealing with Hamas is not going to solve anything. Israel now is surrounded by total, I mean, it's coming to a, uh, a real moment, a crescendo here of, uh, of, of problems for the world. Um, that's why Israel's being so aggressive. What do you think happens here with with this and the structure of it? I th- I'm, I'm actually somewhat, I know this is going to sound odd, encouraged, because this is the first time I've seen or talked with regular folks, my neighbors, who are actually on the side of Israel now because of the, the outlandish act that Hamas did. And this is the first time a lot of them have actually paid attention enough to see it. So... I mean, obviously, since the Ottoman Empire, they've had internal strifes in that area from one tribe to the next. Then we had World War One and Two change things up for them. But it was there's never been peace there for centuries. Yeah, you you think it, there can, you think there can be some heavens, th- right? Well, and every well, time Israel's been attacked by the the gang around them, right? Israel's ended up winning, doing better, taking land, and then they try and give it back for peace. But this right. is. This is somewhat the first time I've ever really seen regular Americans think, oh, wait a minute, I guess the Israelites aren't so bad, and Hamas is the bad guy here. Right, right. So, well, but but the students didn't get that memo, obviously. But listen, just, just a sidebar. But... I think a lot of them are just getting paid to go roust about and make noise. Right. And we're, we're shown by the general media all this happening, yet, your standard American is looking around thinking, nah, I don't, I'm not buying this anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get, let me get over to get to Rennie in the talk here. And Rennie, uh, in regards to the Middle East, here's the thing here. Uh, this isn't a bit back to Robert's point right there. Many people would argue back and experts, this has got really nothing to do with land, whether Israel gives any or takes any or what have you. It's got nothing to do with it. This is jihadist. This is a much larger agenda than geopolitical, than land, than uh, what, whatever. It's got to do with a much bigger topic here. It's it's jihadists around the world that have one mission, uh, and it's what they follow. What do you say about that? Yeah, I, I guess I see this um, from the perspective that I I personally believe that we have been in World War Three already in an undeclared World War that really consists of uh, information warfare. Uh, since at least 2019, 2020, somewhere in that range, you could argue probably about when it started exactly. But, but I think we're in the midst of it. Um, the only the the victims of all of this are the innocent civilians and children uh, that are caught in the crosshairs from both sides. And uh, and I think we are we're watching that play out. I don't think we truly understand fully what's happening from either side at this point. I think the propaganda is so heavy and there's so much um, there's so much fog and smoke out there that it's hard to really tell what's going on other than that clearly civilians on both sides yeah. are 
caught in the crosshairs. Well, you bring up a good point. We talk all the time, Renny, about the fog of war. And we talked about this this weekend, really, even with that hospital bombing in in Israel, uh, in uh, Gaza there, uh, that Israel was blamed for, uh, that the terrorists did. It was clearly been proven now. And there's a lot of this fog of war out there. But your propaganda point, which you have fought this on the front lines yourself as a physician uh, throughout the COVID exercise, which many would argue was the start of World War three, more or less, at least psychologically, if you're tuning into the wrong sources, Renny, which is about all of the media, all of the networks, all of the cable channels, all the social media, that's all there is is propaganda. Unless you're tuning into independent media, like what we do here, you're getting nothing but a bag of rubbish. You're getting their opinions and globalists. That's part of, that's the big part of the problem here that you kind of, you kind of felt and you felt the pain of that throughout COVID as a doctor, didn't you? Yes, yes, I I agree. I think we're we're absolutely uh you know, we're in the midst of all this propaganda being thrown at us and I I think back so my family escaped escaped from a communist country and uh, my mom has shared with me over my lifetime how, you know, even back in in those days the the media, the radio stations were piping out different things depending on who was in control of which station, right? And this was around the tail end of World War II. So this has been happening in, in history. This is nothing new, except for that we have just so much social media and so much technology uh, now that it's it's literally at the fingertips of people, uh, and yet they are being fed, you know, misinformation. And and so having to try to gather what's happening from different sources is is important, and turning on your brain is obviously important, and trying to, to really figure out what's happening. Yeah, uh, people the, people have a res- people have a responsibility is what they're to get the right to seek out the truth and not just all this corruptness uh, because yeah. there is an indoctrination going on here not just at the uh, the school level but within people everywhere. You're exactly right, uh, Randy. Let me stay with you a moment and ask you. I want to turn over now, and I, I really want to have this conversation with all of you next regarding uh, the the, the uh, 2024 election, um, President Trump, some things that have happened the last few days. But let me ask you now, with all of this said, President Trump uh, was uh, the one who initiated Operation Warp Speed. He was the one who uh, really takes credit for the vaccines. Uh, A lot of conservatives have problems with this, a point of view, heading in now to the 2024 election. Um, And uh, now you see RFK in the mix and all of this. What's your sense as a physician? What is your approach to this? And how do you feel? And should how do you feel about Trump even? And should he not have uh, maybe some people say should have had a press conference and spoke the truth to the American people about this? What do you say to that? Yeah, I think it's a, obviously it's a very sticky situation right now. But ultimately, uh, President Trump, you know, is not a physician. He's not a scientist. And I I think we have enough other infrastructure uh, in place with our regulatory agencies and other uh, governing bodies and and physicians and scientists that uh, that's that's where the information should be coming uh, to the American people and and to the world really but instead they have been caught up in so much uh, obvious and apparent corruption that the entire system is at this point captured so I I don't blame uh, President Trump for this I think that uh, his advice was not sound. I think that we all looked to these regulatory agencies for advice and for uh, guidance Mm -hmm. during a very uh, terrible time in our nation's history. And that was not given to us in any way that was accurate. Um, Would you would you vote for him in 2024 if he's right there at the the lead? Would you vote for him? 
uh, would I vote for President Trump in 2024? Uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, you, so you still support that? Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I never asked. Her. I wanted to know. All right. Yeah. I want to ask you, Rob, uh, here on President Trump a moment here. All right. So in talking to Rennie right there, a lot of people are some people do give him a pass on the whole Operation Warp Speed vaccine thing. Others do not. Uh, should you know, and she had just said herself that, well, he he didn't know. So I'm not going to hold him responsible. But as the leader and the commander in chief and the leader of all that, shouldn't he have known? Shouldn't he have made more of a uh, not relied on people like Fauci for that advice? Am, am I am I speaking wrong here or should there be no accountability there? No, I'm with you on that. I think by the time COVID came around, he should have known that he was being backstabbed by everybody he put in his cabinet, Mm -hmm. practically, Mm -hmm. and should have come around and said, wait a minute, I'm not going to keep using swamp people. I'm supposed to be draining the swamp. So I'm still kind of, uh, I'm not against him. If he ends up being the Republican candidate, I'm certainly going to go that direction than whoever the Democrats put up. But I, well, 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 right now, that. Rob, who would you vote for? Hold on. Right in that primary right now with DeSantis and, and you got Nikki Haley and this Ramaswamy dude and the rest of the uh, bandits. Who would you who would your right. pick be right now in that group, sir? Uh, either Ramaswamy, who, mind you, still isn't a perfect guy. I'd like Jim Jordan to be it. But um, there's also the and I, I'm blanking on his name right now, the governor of, of North Dakota. He, he seems to have his uh, Doug, Doug Burgum you're speaking about. Yes, I like him, but gosh, he's just not getting any big time press, unfortunately. Um, you know, where in listening to him, he has the, the morals and the understanding of what government's not supposed to be doing to, to take the lead and actually fix the problem there, potentially, where Trump was going to drain the swamp, remember, but then he picked. Half his cabinet were swamp people. And even today, he's still not saying, "Okay, maybe warp speed was a was a mistake if he would just come out and realize that. So I have a concern with him that he is so much into his. Well, I did something, so I'm going to back it up no matter what that that that's a concern I have. Well, Rob, it's a it's a genuine concern because, listen, let, let me stay right with you a second, say this to you. If you look at Trump's books. Uh, back on leadership and all that he wrote as a businessman. He talked about one of the major responsibilities of a CEO, the leader, the the, the chairman, uh, was to surround himself with the proper people. He That was the whole idea of even his show, The Apprentice. He always discussed that as a point of view. Yet, frankly, if I play on what you just said, I would say he failed the test. Uh, he is, uh, is number 45 in regards to what you just said. He did, he did not pass that test. Am I overstating that point? Yes or no? I'm right with you on that. Okay. 100%. Well, it's just a point to make here. I know some people don't want to hear this because they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear their fabrication of the ideology, which brings you to my dear friend, Steve, uh, Steve Latula, a big Trump supporter. Uh, It seems to me, Steve, every time we talk on you, you defend him no matter what. But let me put you right on the spot based on hearing Rob right there. Can we rebuke any of that? Do you have a point of view on what, what we say there? Yes, I do have a strong point of view. I completely agree with Rob. I think that he did drop the ball on Operation Warp Speed. I do not worship Donald Trump, but he failed the test, you say, um, 
This leadership. Is one, leadership. This is one test, though. There, he has been through thousands and thousands of tests. Right. How many of them has he failed? And then you're, you, you have to define what you mean by fail because, okay, let's face it, Operation Warp Speed was a bad idea introduced by Fauci, by Burks, and so forth. And yeah, it was wrong. He was given false information. He was misled. But Steve, why not have a press conference? I mean, why not come out to the American people at this point to say, hey, listen, listen, I listen to the wrong people. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you on that. And in fact, I have stated that in articles in the past. I I agree with that point. I don't dispute that one uh, second. But what I also see is that sometimes with a a good intent of the heart, even with the mistakes being made as a human, I see that Operation Warp Speed did us tremendous good in the sense that, okay, they pushed out this shot. The messenger RNA technology was here. And now because they pushed it and everybody got it all at once, look at the data that we saw. It completely exposed the evil, the bioweapon technology that was unleashed upon us. And if that Operation Warp Speed had not gone into effect, I think we would have missed the data. It would have been much more obscure. Well, okay, but let me say to you, all right, but let me say to you, uh, with all respect, Steve, that uh, had that Operation Warp Speed not come out, the vaccine's not been endorsed by Fauci, Trump, and company, um, how many more people would still be alive today? How many more people? It's a hell of a price to pay for a lesson. How many more people, right, would not have died? How many more people would not have injuries? I mean, this is a pretty egregious mistake, no? Well, maybe so. Okay. I, I, I grant you that. I said it was an evil. Okay. But I, and I think some good came of it. If it had not happened, then what we would have seen is a much slower genocide that would have been very obscured. So it would never have been identified. Right now in America, we see many people who are absolutely refusing another shot because they see the damage it has done. That would not have been exposed were it not for Operation Warp Speed. All right. Understood there. Um, now, Let me now bring it to the crux with all of you, the final analysis here of the debates. Uh, And Steve, let me stay right with you a moment here. Uh, This uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, First of all, does anybody, uh, somebody said they liked Vivek Ramaswamy. Was it you, Rob, or you, Rennie? Who who was a supporter of him? Yeah, I like what he's saying. Uh, um, I like that he's done his investigation of how the government is supposed to work and how he, as as the CEO of the state, will actually be able to fire a bunch of people that our, our presidents prior to this just refused to fire. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me, Rennie, why don't, tell me, do you not care for him? Tell me why, please. I just don't have a lot of trust right now. I think there is a lot of digging into his background that needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, before we would entrust our nation uh, yeah. to him. Well, so. Renny, if I can speak to you a moment heart to heart here, he 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 kind of rubs me a bit as well. It's almost like a uh, when he talks with his fingers up in the ear and his um, voice, it almost it's almost like uh, fingers on a chalkboard coming down to me. I, <laughs> I just don't want to hear anymore. I want to turn him off. He, he, he nauseates me and I, I wouldn't vote for him for, for mosquito control, let alone president of the United States. What do you say to that, Renny? Well, I, you know, look, no one, no one is perfect, right? And we know that, but we need to make sure that we have someone who is not perfect, but loves this country, loves this country with all their heart and soul, and will embrace our constitution and will embrace the values that the American people uh, want to uphold. And uh, I'm not convinced that that is the candidate. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep that here. I might've said some things you hadn't heard before, Steve, in regards to Ramaswamy, but, uh, something about uh, that, uh, man rubs me wrong. Maybe it's the facade or I get a sense of phoniness or something about him, but, uh, it, it doesn't strike to me to be presidential at all for whatever that is. A lot of these cats do this too as a PR campaign to write books, to speak. That's what I get out of him that that's really not, I don't think it's more love of country. I think it's more love of career. Uh, am I, uh, you agree with any of that, Steve, or am I way out of line? Uh, no, I agree completely. I, in fact, uh, <laughs> uh, I agree completely with Rainey's position. Ramaswamy, I thought initially like, okay, maybe this guy has got something different, some potential, but the more that I've investigated him, uh, for example, we've seen a tremendous amount of him plagiarizing uh, speeches from Obama. Now that's enough to scare me uh, and make me very suspicious of this guy. I think he's all show. I think he's a facade. I think he's ultimately, I think he's a fraud. I don't trust him. I don't trust that he has the American okay. principles with a Judeo-Christian ethic that is going to push us forward yeah, yeah. back into greatness. Uh, you know, I know I'm glad I never asked you. I didn't know what your view on this was. I'm, 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 I'm pleased to hear it, actually, there. I did not know. Yeah, but, but it is interesting. Uh, Rob, I want to ask you about this. Uh, I, he just came out, Ramaswamy, and said, he listen to this now, Rob, You're going because you had said you kind of thought maybe there's some good things. He, here's, here's what I also think is phony. The man needs the attention. He needs the exposure. But now he says in a news bulletin of the last day or so, well, his people are now saying he he's not sure he's going to make the third debate. Yeah, well, you know, he's decided, well, you know, that, you know, he, he, he'll decide later on if he's going to appear at the third Republican debate <laughs> on November 8th in Miami, Florida. Is, and then he tells everybody he loves Trump. He, he emulates Trump. Everybody says, why the hell don't you just support Trump then? Why are you running? Um, and so he's not even going to now he's playing Trump's card on maybe not going to the third debate. Trump has already said you can stick the debate where the sun don't shine, uh, which is just fine. Are these debates becoming a circus act, Rob? I mean, what's the purpose of them? I mean, it's like also if we had a drinking contest, we'd all get drunk watching them. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I know people who do that, actually. So <laughs> I think part of it's marketing on his side of if I tell people this, then there will be more people now talking to me about it. Um, I know he said he's behind Trump. He even said if Trump is the nominee, he's going to vote for him. But he also knows there's a whole lot of folks who don't necessarily care for Trump. And I think a lot of what he's doing is actually trying to press the market of political ideas out there to tell whoever who might actually end up getting the nomination that You've got to start doing these other things and not just playing the game like Washington's been. Well, that that was part of Trump's message back in uh, 2015, 2016. Uh, for many, many years, we know the swamp. We know the establishment about all Americans know that. Uh, terrific. And I'm so glad we got a little more into the uh, the vaccine thing, too, with Trump. It's a conversation nobody really wants to have now. For the record, you, you would listen to me and wonder if I support Trump or don't support Trump. But I think my audience knows now, they to, I definitely support Trump and his policies and what have you. I don't support his mouth and some of his actions. Uh, I think at some point he needs to clamp down and not speak out about Netanyahu in the Middle East and that sort of thing. I've already expressed to you my feelings on this, but I absolutely think he is a hero and a patriot. But uh, there are some reservations in trying to find. And right now, we'll see what happens. I don't really know. But yes, uh, he is a very interesting man for interesting times. Uh, he's courageous. He's a lot of things, friends. 
he also needs to know that uh, when you run for president of the United States, words do matter. A big thank you again for joining us on the mission here and get back to americaoutloud.news and share the out loud truth around the world and from sea to shining sea. We love our country. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.